Okay, now please stand for the reading of God's word. Today's scripture is Mark 4, 35 through 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, "'Teacher, don't you care if we drown?' He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, "'Quiet, be still.' Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, "'Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith?' They were terrified and asked each other, "'Who is this?' Even the wind and the waves obey him." This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Dave. You may be seated. And uh, I just want to say that uh, I am looking forward to Wednesday night at the Bellevue Berry Farm and Pumpkin Ranch. Ranch is going to be for all ages. That means all of you. And uh, the weather forecast is looking good. Looks like the rain's going to pass out before then. And um, so, I'll be looking for you. Let's pray. Lord God, uh, thank you so much that you loved us when we were lost. And you have made it possible for us to love you back and to love our neighbors. And it is such an amazing and beautiful thing when we think that and we remember that you are for us. You are for us. And you know what's best for us. Jesus, teach us your way to be healthy, happy, and holy. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, I'm looking out here to see if I can find who's really pretty strong and stout. Yeah, I see a few of you. Um... So uh, let's say that uh, you can bench press 100 pounds, all right? You can only do it once, but you can bench press 100 pounds. You got to grunt and push with all your might, but you can do it. That would be your maximum weight for one rep. You have no margin for more. Because that's your limit. Of course, now when you go to the gym, you don't do that. You don't do just one rep of your 100-pound max. No. Instead, you lift with margin. Maybe you bench press 80 pounds, which means you have 20 pounds of margin. At 80 pounds, you can do several reps. And that's how you build more strength. But you got to have that margin. Today is week three in our series, Margin, Restoring Overloaded Lives. And I'm wondering, is this series speaking to you? Huh? Uh, this fall, we are learning how God wants us to have margin. Uh, each week, I've been offering different uh, definitions of margin, and here's another one. Margin is having strength and energy beyond what I normally need. Does that make sense? Last week, we talked about emotional margin. Today, we're looking at restoring physical margin. 
Uh, last Sunday I said that uh, I do most of my work sitting in a comfortable chair. Uh, my day requires very little physical strength. I walk from the house to the garage. I walk from the car to the office. I put my fingers in, on a keyboard. I lift a fork to my mouth. Yeah. And a lot of days, that's all the strength and energy I need. But I want more than that. I want margin. I'm afraid I might have to dig a hole in my backyard someday because I might have a break in my sprinkler line. I've turned it off now, but, you know, by spring, I'm going to have to do that. I'll need physical margin to do that, strength and energy beyond what I normally need. If I go to a Husker football game, which I don't go very often, but I may have to walk a mile and a half from where I park my car to the stadium and a mile and a half back. I want the margin to be able to do that comfortably. I don't know if any of you saw, there was an article in the World Herald on Thursday telling about a 26-year-old guy named Joseph diagnosed last year with type 2 diabetes. And after feeling sorry for himself for a week after his diagnosis, Joseph found his motivation and started making some healthy changes. At first, walking a couple of blocks left him puffing. Now, he's power walking up to five miles a day. Of course, it happened gradually. But he has raised his limit. Now he has margin. Next week we'll look at financial margin. The following week at time margin. And part of our strategy in all this is that we can trade one kind of margin for another. I haven't talked about that yet, but now we're starting to get into it. You can trade one kind of margin for another. For example, if you're in an, if you're in an emotional funk... You could trade some money and a little time margin to go see a counselor who would help restore emotional margin for you. See how that works? Here's another example, and it's the heart of today's message. When I give time margin to my body, my body gives physical margin back to me. What do you think of that? Make sense? Let's, let's say it together and try it on for size, shall we? When I give time margin to my body, my body gives physical margin back to me. In other words, when you take care of your body, your body takes care of you. Christians believe in the goodness of our physical bodies. Not every faith does. God created us with our bodies and said that it was very good. Caring for your health is good stewardship. That's because your body is a gift from God, and it's worth caring for. Today we're going to look at three healthy habits for our bodies, uh, how we move, eat, and sleep, right? Move, eat, sleep. And just so you know, I have trouble with all three of these. And a lot of you do, too. Let's start with sleeping. Uh, have you seen these T-shirts? It says, Jesus took naps. Be like Jesus, Mark 4, 38. Yeah. You can get hoodies, caps, coffee mugs, and pillows with these words on them. Just go look it up online. 
The reference comes from today's scripture that Naley read for us. Mark 4.38 says, Jesus was in the stern, that is in the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. Matthew's and Luke's gospels say the same thing. Why did Jesus sleep on the boat? Because he was tired. You know, sometimes we get this wrong idea of Jesus that he was Superman. He was fully divine, but he was also fully human. He got hungry, he got tired, he got sleepy, and on this day, he found a comfortable spot to conk out. Some scholars suggest that maybe the cushion or pillow he slept on could have been a sandbag used to balance the weight of the boat. By the way, did you know that 35 years ago, a fishing boat from Jesus' day was found encased in mud near the northwest shore of the Sea of Galilee. This is what remains of it. It was probably a boat much like this that Jesus and his disciples were on that day. Isn't that interesting? It had been a long day for Jesus. Healing, teaching, delivering people from demonic possession, accused uh, by his relatives of being mad, accused by the religious teachers of being the prince of demons. He was exhausted. And now that he found a spot to rest, he dozed off. Sleep is good. Say that with me, will you? Sleep is good. There are healing mechanisms in your body that only activate while you are asleep. Sleep is crucial to your physical health and your emotional health. In the Bible, sleep is considered a gift from God. Now, how much sleep is enough? We're all different, aren't we? But it's probably more than you think. Dr. Richard Swenson, in his book on margin, says the average American today gets two and one-half hours less sleep per night than 100 years ago. What? The average American uh, 100 100 years ago got two and a half hours more sleep than I do? If I got that much sleep, I would never have to set an alarm clock. And then I got to thinking, maybe we weren't made to have alarm clocks. That's kind of a recent invention in the history of humanity, isn't it? Huh. 100 years ago, less than half the, you know, back in the early 1900s, less than half the homes in America had electricity. Of course, it was before TVs and smartphones and computers, and there wasn't that much to stay up for anyway, so people just went to bed. It was normal. Plenty of sleep has been normal for thousands of years until technology changed us. Think about that. For me, the biggest barrier to falling asleep is trying too hard to fall asleep. Has that ever happened to you? (laughs) So one thing you can't do by trying harder, right? (laughs) Recently, I've been, I've been trying out a technique that helps me turn off my brain and relax, and it usually helps, not always. I, I have a mild medication I can take once in a while to help me get sleepy, but I try not to take it very often. 
And just as a shepherd makes his sheep lie down in green pastures, the Lord wants to bless us with sleep. Most doctors will tell you that getting exercise will help you sleep better. For me, though, I have to exercise um, earlier in the day and not later, or it revs me up, you know. The writer of Ecclesiastes says, the sleep of a laborer is sweet. I may not be a laborer, but I do sleep better if I've been moving that day, if I've gotten some exercise. In ancient times, you know, people walked everywhere. Jesus, Jesus and his disciples went from town to town throughout Galilee. Three times a year they made the 78-mile trek from Capernaum to Jerusalem. If they walked 15 or 16 miles a day, it was a five-day journey. If they walked 20 miles a day, they could reach Jerusalem in four days. I mean, that's some serious walking. When Jesus and his disciples arrived um, uh, near, in, in Samaria, near, in a, near a well, uh, he, Jesus sent his disciples into a nearby town to get food. Then John 4, 6 says, Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. All that walking was tiring. But it also made him and all of them stronger, healthier, even happier. I mean, it was just part of the lifestyle. The first half of my adult life, I would say that I got hardly any exercise. Um, I was not athletic as a kid or as an adult. I'm not. Uh, I remember the day I decided I was going to try running. What was I thinking? <laughs> I was 41 years old. I hated running. I was completely out of shape, but I decided to try. The streets in our neighborhood uh, made a loop that was uh, just a little over a mile, and uh, the first time out, I alternated walking and running. Okay, just a little jogging and walking, and it was the best I could do. A couple weeks later, I came home and proudly announced to Trish that I had run a mile and a quarter without stopping. She said, wow, good for you, honey. She's sweet that way. <laughs> so I was running. Not like Forrest Gump, but I was running. When I got up to three miles and then to five miles, let me tell you, no one was more surprised than me. I still try to get some exercise. Earlier this year, though, I got into a funk, which I do sometimes. And my motivation to get up in the mornings and do that, it was just not there. And you know, it's hard to get it back when you lose it, isn't it? But fortunately, I was able to find a way to find my motivation. I've got a friend who runs three miles a day, every day, seven days a week. I'm going to tell you folks, I am not like that. I'm not that disciplined, and I don't love it that much either. I, I have to work at staying motivated. I have to pray about staying motivated. Some, so some days I do cardio, some days I do a little strength training, some days I do nothing. 
Sir Isaac Newton, the English scientist who lived in the 17th and 18th centuries, uh, said, a body in motion stays in motion. He's talking about physics, but it's also true for our physical bodies. A body in motion stays in motion. And, of course, the reverse is true. The less we move our bodies, the less they're able to move. And now we come to the, to the last of the three healthy habits, and it's the hardest one, at least for me, to eat well and not too much. To eat well and not too much. When I read the Gospels, I see that Jesus liked to eat. You know, huh? There was the dinner at the home of Simon the Pharisee. Uh, he ate one or two meals at Martha's place. He was a dinner guest at the homes of Matthew and then Zacchaeus, both tax collectors. Uh, he turned water into wine at the wedding reception. He multiplied bread and fish for thousands of people. He cooked breakfast over an open fire on the beach. He shared Passover meal with his disciples, and several of his parables talked about banquets. Luke 15, 2 records what Jesus' enemies said about him. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus liked to eat. What did Jesus eat, by the way? Um, well, historians tell us his foods would have been a lot like the Mediterranean diet of today. Bread seemed to have been a staple, plus people ate lentils and dates and figs and soups. And Meat was not on the menu often. The main protein was baked fish. Now, I'm not saying that we should look to the Bible for nutritional advice, okay? I mean, I don't think that's... If, it was, if that was the purpose, it would have been much more clear to us, right? For example, I've never been convinced that we should all adopt what's often called the Daniel diet from the book of Daniel. I don't think that's what it's teaching. But I do notice that, that from our you know, study, it seems that people back then ate modestly. They ate a lot of vegetables and legumes and whole grains. They didn't have the, the nutrient-empty, calorie-packed foods that constantly surround us. I have to tell you, I, I'm an impulsive eater. I, I don't know, are you that way? I crave sweets, too. I love desserts. My willpower is weak. In other words, a lot of times I eat too much. I wonder how many times I have lost 10 or 15 pounds and then gradually gained them back over the last 30 years. The last few times I shed some pounds, I, I, uh, I used a calorie-counting app called MyFitnessPal. Have you heard of it? Uh, the longest I've been able to sustain tracking my calories on the app is eight months. And then I tell myself, well, I've learned a lot. I'll be able to manage now without the app and without recording everything I eat. Well, experience has taught me that I cannot. And before long, my impulsive cravings kick in, and I'm back to my old habits. So I have no right to tell you what to eat or how much to eat. I say, do whatever works for you. If there's a healthy plan out there that you can stay on and stick with, go for it. A couple of months ago, I, I talked to somebody who's uh, been eating better and feeling better, 
Uh, he was thrilled that this plan even allows him to eat ice cream once in a while. Ice, if, if ice cream is what helps you stick with it, I am all for it. For me, it would be chocolate. <laughs> a couple of months ago, I went back to using the MyFitnessPal app. I didn't want to. I'd been resisting it for months. But trying to manage it on my own, no matter what I tried, just was not working. And I realize now, I may have to do this the rest of my life. Can I? Will I? I don't know. The way I look at it, eating margin means I stay within my calorie needs well enough that I can afford to splurge once in a while. Does that make sense? That, that my eating margin means that I, I, I'm able to stay within my calorie needs well enough that I can afford to splurge once in a while. Maybe even eat a donut on Sunday morning. That's my margin. My goal in this series is for each of us to come up with one thing that we can do to give ourselves more margin in some area of our lives. Whether it's emotional margin, physical margin, financial, or time margin. Just one thing. Don't overload yourselves. Just start with one thing. And if physical margin is where you decide to start, consider whether you would address sleeping, exercise, or eating. Now, with, with, with uh, for example, you may say with exercise, Steve, I don't have time to add one more thing to my schedule. Okay. Maybe you don't. I mean, some of you, I mean, your life, your work schedule, your family, I mean, you don't have any. But you still have options. If you want to be more active, could you do it while you're doing something else? I have a pastor friend who walks five miles a day. Probably takes him an hour and 15 or 20 minutes. And while he walks, he listens to audiobooks. That's how he does most of his reading, listening to audiobooks. I thought that was pretty smart. Let's say you need more sleep. Where are you going to find the time to get more sleep? Maybe there's something in your day you could quit doing or do less. I could just about guarantee you there's something in your life, in your daily routine, that you could let go of. You don't know what it is yet, but there's something. You could find a way. You might have to trade some other margin somewhere else. And I'm not saying it would be easy, but it's possible. Your body is a gift from God. Caring for your body is one of the ways you love God. Today, I'm going to end the message by giving you a minute pray and consider your physical margin and what you need. I'm going to put back on the screen that statement. When I give time margin to my body, 
My body gives physical margin back to me. So you can just think, meditate, pray on this, and David will play a little bit for us for the next minute. Jesus, you are so wise. Show us your way to be healthy, happy, and holy. Give us the simple wisdom of getting enough sleep, of keeping our bodies moving, of eating well without eating too much. Give us strength energy beyond the minimum. Give us margin. Give us motivation. And if there's one change you want for us, one place you would guide us to begin, show us what that is. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's stand.